You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Thursday, the actual NBA trade deadline. You guys, we all made it. And we're now less than 12 hours away, probably when you're listening to this, before the deal getting done, or a deal getting done, or no deal getting done. And that's good or bad, depending on who you root for and what you want to end up. So we're going to take a look at everything regarding the Pelicans when it comes to the trade deadline here. Of course, an update on the Anthony Davis situation. We've got to do that daily now. And then I also want to take a look at Nikola Mirotic. Each uh, one more, Julius Randle, who led the Pelicans to a victory because it was also a game for the Pelicans last night that they won getting off a three-game skid. We'll recap the Pelicans win over the Chicago Bulls, touch on everything else. This is pretty nuts of a trade deadline, so we'll cover it all, and let's just dive into it in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So the Pelicans got a victory, which is either good or bad, depending on where you want them to fall when it comes to tanking. But 125-120 over the Chicago Bulls. A pretty good performance from some Pelicans that may be on the trade block. But first, let's kind of take a look at how they won this one. And the first thing, if you watched this game, was, oh my God, the shot chart was just beautiful. They scored 125 points, and none of those came from mid-range. It was either threes, and the Pelicans shot uncharacteristically well from behind the arc, 15 of 35. That's 42.9% on the night, helped by Darius Miller, who was four of six from deep. Kenrick Williams was two of five from deep. Drew Holiday took 13, 13 three-pointers attempts. He just hit three of them, though. He was kind of the bad one here. Julius Randle in route to a team-high 31 points was four of six from deep. He was 10 of 18 from the field overall. Grabbed seven boards, had three assists as well. He led all scores, sorry, with 31, trying to maybe increase his trade value. We'll talk about what that is and whether he is or isn't on the trade block in the third segment. So keep that performance in mind. Check Diallo, whose name I've seen out there as well, put up 18 points. He was seven of eight from the field, four of five from the line, grabbed nine boards as well. Drew Holiday in an off shooting night, which has kind of become the norm for him recently, still put up 18 points, 11 assists, six rebounds, pretty good there. Jaleel Okafor, six of eight. He continues to shoot well around the rim. 13 points. Kendrick Williams, 12 and 7. And then you had Darius Miller scoring 12 as well. Frank Jackson off, uh, sorry, in the starting lineup, 7 points. His shooting's kind of dipped a little bit here. 3 of 8. He looks like a rookie. That's what he should look like. This is okay. I've seen flashes and I'm pretty happy with how things are going for him. New Orleans uh, just kind of shot well, played well. Can't really complain too much about this one. Again, all their makes were behind the arc or inside at the rim. You rarely see a shot chart like that for New Orleans. They took a total of, I think it was four mid-range attempts and that was it. Pretty good night 
you'd say. Larry Markkinen for the Bulls in almost 41 minutes of action. He scored 30 points, 10 of 19 from the field, 5 of 10 from deep, 10 boards. He's a rookie. He's looked pretty good right there. Zach Levine put up 28 as well to go along with 7 assists, 8 rebounds. Uh, Chris Dunn, 18 points on the night. And that was just kind of really it. The New Orleans scored more than what the Bulls did. And yeah, that's kind of how you win basketball games. It's the deep hitting analysis I know you're looking for here on the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Defensively, I want to look at Okafor a little bit. He did struggle inside with some of those drives from marketing him trying to use some post moves. He's not a great defender, but you know what? He's not terrible, and I think that's a good thing. This is a guy who's likely going to be the starting center for the Pelicans next year. I've really liked what I've seen from him for the most part. He tries. He's also going to be dirt cheap, which is always a nice thing. Guys are always underrated when their contract's good or, you know, and you don't hate them, and then when they get paid too much, they become overrated. But I think here you have a guy that's really working hard. I'd like to see him be the focal point of the offense a little bit more than he has been over the past three or so games. Go back to where he was taking close to 15 shots per game and still scoring incredibly well during that stretch. But hey, things come and go. And with Julius Randle back in the lineup for the Pelicans, he kind of took a back seat there. Randle taking 18 shots to his eight. And so that's that. The Pelicans get a win. I know that's not why you're here listening to the podcast today. You want to know about all the trades, what's going on with Anthony Davis, but basically the NBA trade deadline kind of exploded yesterday. You had the Wizards trading Otto Porter Jr. in the wake of that John Wall injury that I talked about on the podcast yesterday. The Dallas Mavericks traded Harrison Barnes in the middle of a game and had to sit him the entirety of the fourth quarter as he cheered on his soon-to-be former teammates. There's other things going on. Maybe Conley's getting close to to moved, uh, being moved. What else? It's just kind of been wild. And this is officially maybe one of the crazier trade deadlines I've ever seen. And guess what? We're covering it live today at the Locked On NBA podcast. We're going to do a live video thing. I'll be popping on there by phone for about 10 minutes to talk at some point. Um, and I'll tweet out the time when that um, comes up. And it's going to be fun. We can react to some of the deals in real time. You'll get to hear from all of the local hosts giving their expert opinions and analysis on every trade all in one spot, in real time. You'll be able to ask questions. It's interactive. You're not going to get that anywhere else. So keep your eyes and ears open for the Locked On NBA Live Trade Deadline podcast tomorrow. You're here for more about Anthony Davis. I know it. Don't worry. I'm going to give you the latest update right now on what it is. Is he going to the Lakers? Is he getting moved before the trade deadline? Well, doesn't look like it so far. Now, maybe there's a chance that the Pelicans and Lakers get re-engaged in trade talks, and it's likely to happen right before the NBA trade deadline um, hits. But we'll see. As of now, when I'm recording this, which is about 10 o'clock last night, there is no word on what's happening. It doesn't seem like anything's going to go down. The Lakers want the Pelicans to come to them, to call them, and it is just not happening because they have no need to. The Lakers don't want to negotiate against themselves. Well, the Pelicans don't want to negotiate against themselves. And they kind of have all the leverage in this one because they don't have to trade Anthony Davis. So Woj reported yesterday that, no, the Pelicans have not reached out. And the Lakers are starting to feel even more pessimistic about everything. And it doesn't seem like they're going to get a deal done. Wouldn't be shocked, and I talked about this on the Locked On NBA podcast with John Corrales, that maybe they leak their interested in Bradley Beal. 
and somehow, some way, that kind of wakes the Pelicans up. But I don't think so. I think the Pelicans are con- are content to wait and see how this plays out into the summer, which then leads us to the big question of AD now being cleared to play. Is he going to play again? And after the Bulls game, Alvin Gentry just said, Davis is clear to play, and that's it. Did not give any indication of whether he would be playing or would not be playing. So that's kind of the next big question once we hit, was it 2 p.m. Central Time? Uh, today, Thursday, whenever you're listening to it. So we'll see how that goes. But now, no new update on Anthony Davis. It's been reported from Sam Amick that the Celtics and Pelicans have talked a bunch. And it sounds like maybe the Pelicans reached out there, um, even though I think it's really both sides. So um, what came from that is that, hey, they aren't agreeing to anything now because they can't. And a lot can change in the months and days and weeks to come up to the uh, time on July 1 when the Celtics could trade for Anthony Davis. But that they're saying they will be massively aggressive. They will then completely put everyone on the table. They're just not saying anything in particular right now, which makes sense. Um, speaking with John Corrales, who covers the Celtics for the Locked On Celtics podcast, and he's my co-host on the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, he doesn't think Danny Ainge would just completely, I, I don't know, like switch, pull a switcheroo here on the Pelicans and be like, you know what? Sorry, Jason Tatum's not included in the deal and isn't on the table anymore. You can have Jalen Brown and that's it. And if that's the case, the Pelicans just won't trade him there. And, you know, maybe he goes to L.A. at that point. People are worried about the Lakers dropping their offer for AD come the summer when maybe things don't go well with the Celtics and people are very hesitant to trust Danny Ainge. I'm not too worried about that. If that deal is including those four young, five young guys and two first-round picks, they pulled Josh Hart from that. If you don't really like Josh Hart anyway, that shouldn't be a deal-breaker. It's nice to get thrown in there, but I don't think ultimately it's going to matter to the Pelicans as long as they get Ingram, Ball, maybe Kuzma, and two or three first-round picks. That's probably what they're going to be looking for. The other funny thing from this is, and you heard this on The Jump and the NBA Trade Deadline show with Woj and Zach Lowe, that they feel maybe the Pelicans weren't even going to engage the Lakers at all for a trade. I think they were. That's my sense of things. Um, you got to do your due diligence at the very least. And that they were just doing this to kind of sow seeds of discontent with the Lakers. And you've kind of seen it, particularly with that 40-point-plus loss to the Pacers the other night where no one sat around LeBron James. And his comments to the media after of these guys need to kind of deal with it. If they If they can't, they should get out of there. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I don't think that's exactly what you wanted to do. I don't see the point of that, though people love pettiness, so maybe. I think the Pelicans were legitimately interested, and they just want a lot from the Lakers. Again, as they should. There's no real surprise there. So right now, the update is just nothing. Anthony Davis has said through his media to, it was Mark Stein of the New York Post, that he basically puts the Knicks on equal footing with the Lakers on places he would re-sign. So maybe that keeps them in the running, and that's a good thing for the Pelicans. He also still said the Los Angeles Clippers, who also swung a deal last night to the uh, sending Tobias Harris 
and uh, Boban to the 76ers for a bunch of first round picks. And by the way, the uh, cap room to sign two max free agents. So you could trade Anthony Davis there. They're a real player with some young lottery picks on the roster now, a bunch of lottery picks and just picks in general in the future. And they all of a sudden look like they're tanking. That's an intriguing fit. So there's more suitors in the summer now, particularly with these uh, Clippers kind of being options there. They've remained in the running, according to sources close to Anthony Davis, alongside the Milwaukee Bucks as well. Interesting side note of that Clippers deal is the Celtics own their pick. And if they tank and it's lottery protected, it falls in there. The Celtics don't get that pick. And that makes a potential trade for Anthony Davis actually hurt a little bit and can influence that in a not-so-good way for Boston. Same thing if the Memphis Grizzlies trade away Mike Conley and Marc Gasol, which they're rumored to potentially do. That pick is top eight protected, top six protected next year, and then it's unprotected. But if all of a sudden they land a top eight pick, it doesn't go to the Celtics. That's two trade assets now that they won't have to give up immediately for Anthony Davis. Maybe that throws a kink in there and maybe the Lakers are banking on that. Keep that in mind. But I'd say the Clippers are a pretty strong candidate now to at least present a good package to the Pelicans in the summer. So keep that in mind and we'll see how the rest of this goes. And of course, if anything happens, I'll be here to break it all down for you. So again, this has been a pretty wild trade deadline, maybe one of the craziest in a very long time. And of course, the Locked On NBA podcast all week has been giving you everything you need to know about all of these deals, catching you up on what happened with the Clippers, the 76ers, going to be covering the Mavericks and the Kings with Harrison Barnes going to Sacramento, the Chris Tapps Porzingis deal. I've been on there way too much over the past two weeks talking about Anthony Davis as well. So again, make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast to keep up with everything going on on around the association. So Anthony Davis isn't the only Pelican on the trade block. It seems like everyone not named Frank Jackson, Joliel Okafor, Drew Holiday, or Kenrick Williams is, but maybe that's not the case. And this is, of course, according to friend of the show, Will Guillory of The Athletic, tweeting out earlier yesterday that maybe Julius Randle isn't on the trade block and the Pelicans see him as an important piece going forward. They like the the bond he's developed with the training staff, the coaches. They think he could re-sign here now that they're likely going to be dealing with some cap space. It could give him a longer-term deal, bring him back, make him a centerpiece offensive player of the team going forward. I don't like this move. I don't think it makes a lot of sense for the team, to be honest. You may as well try and get something for him because there's no guarantee that you're going to re-sign him. And also, I haven't liked him on the... His offensive numbers look good, but I just haven't liked his fit here tremendously. The lack of defense, the lack of hustle at times, um, the lack of fit with Anthony Davis. So I guess we don't need to worry about that as much. But, you know, he hasn't really played a ton with Jaleel Okafor. And when he has, those lineups haven't been good. I just don't see the point of re-signing him when by the time you're competing, he's likely not going to be here anymore. So I think that this would be an important thing where you could get two second round picks or a late first form. And that's maybe what's going on here is that both him and Miritich are on the block, most likely to be traded. And it sounds like the Pelicans are just asking too much for these guys. They want a first round pick for him. And in a world where Iman Shumpert yesterday gets traded for a first round pick, you've got to wonder why can't these guys? Well, I think Miritich is, again, being an expiring player and has been hurt the majority of the year with calf and foot and ankle and knee and all of that. And all of those injuries. So 
I don't think he's as appealing because of that. And I think that hurts his trade value. But still, get something, a second-round pick, a young guy that you could take a chance on. I love the idea of just trading Nico straight up for Markel Fultz if the money works. i got to look at it and see. Because why not? It's a good buy low on a guy who can maybe then help you going forward by the time that you're looking to be a contender. Same for Julius Randle here. Um, I don't really see much of a point in keeping him. Again, get something for him. But I get it. He's a rental. He's got a team uh, player option, and he's likely going to decline that with a bunch of the NBA having cap space. And I think that's a good thing to see. Get pieces. This is where you're starting to enter the Philadelphia, the process kind of idea, which is accumulate assets and get rid of things that don't matter to you. This would be the most New Orleans move to keep him thinking they could resign him and that he'd be a key piece going forward. We saw this already with Ryan Anderson a couple of years ago. He was an expiring contract. He wasn't going to come back next season and instead of trading him to Toronto for a first round pick which they offered they had on the table they hoped he would maybe resign for less and stay here and he didn't and they got nothing for him and you know what having that extra pick might have been really useful as you look to retool the roster so I don't think that's a real good idea to go down this path and keep these guys and hope what they might do for you in the future look to move them even if it's really cheaply Philly would certainly love to take more or Nikola Mirotic at this point, so hopefully they're on the phone. But the problem is, is Dell Demp's empowered to make these kinds of trades, and I don't really know if he is. So both those guys are on the block. They want to potentially move him, and it could be that the Pelicans are saying this and Will's saying this because they want teams to think they really do like Julius Randle. So if you want him, you got to make a decent offer. I don't know. I think it's pretty clear he doesn't have that much um, around him or, or value around the league. So I'm not too worried about that, but we'll see. Those are the guys I expect to maybe, maybe be moved at the deadline today, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this and not Anthony Davis. So maybe those are who we need to keep an eye on. Another team rumored to be interested in Mirtich, by the way, is the San Antonio Spurs. Give him away to a division rival. I don't care at this point. Just get something back in return for him. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Trade deadline Thursday today. Whenever you're listening to it, it's probably still the trade deadline. And we're going to finally have some resolution, whether good or bad, for the Anthony Davis saga. And, of course, tomorrow I'll be back to recap all of it for you guys and keep you up to date on everything you need to know about this Pelicans team. So, as always, I'm Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 